Greetings, Summoners, and welcome to The Rapid Recall, a weekly talk show giving you a quick rundown of what's hot in the world of League of Legends esports. My name is Joey, and this week I was 2-0 in predictions, where someone else got them both wrong. And I'm DK, and spoiler alert, I got them both wrong. Alright, so our show is going to be a little bit different this week because we're in the middle of the playoffs, and that's more important. Um, so we're going to preview the remaining European LCS matches, and we're also going to chat a little bit on some main topics. So first, let's take a look back on the quarterfinals. Joey? Now, I don't want to spend the whole show gloating about how I was right and you were wrong, but I really am interested in hearing what you think about it. Let's start with Rock Hat and Super Hot Crew. So this one, I think, probably was a little bit more predictable than I was willing to spet. Um, I think I gave Super Hot Crew too much credit because they were playing really well at the end of the season. And that's the trap that you can fall into because things were close in the European LCS all year. And yeah, Rockat slumped pretty hard at the end of the year. But if you look at the last couple of weeks, they actually weren't playing all that much worse than the three teams ahead of them, even though they pretty much had solidified sixth place. So, you know, I'll take the fault for that one. I think that Super Hot Crew just got hot at the right times and um, they had really strong lanes. And in best of ones, really strong lanes can help you out. Um, right. Not as big a deal in, you know, best of fives. Yeah, and so the thing is, if you see the uh, the guys that do the Reddit post-match threads, they also run an ELO chart, and I remember checking them partway through the season, and Rockat had an insanely high ELO, because they were winning against all, like, they were winning against a bunch of the middle teams, and then losing against, like, Fnatic, for example, and so I was like, wow, they're actually doing really well, but then they fell off, kind of, and they weren't performing very well. I thought both, I th neither of these teams I thought were very strong coming in. Uh, I think what really did it for Rockhead is just, like, they have such cohesive team play, especially compared to the solo queue stars of Super Hot Crew. Right, but I actually think if you look at... Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking now, because Rockhead's major weakness all year, and you heard the casters talk about it, was overpower in the mid lane. Uh, just playing passive and letting the other mid laner farm up. When you play a team with a really strong mid laner, you're going to get punished for that. But Selfie, while I mean he's good at farming, he's not one of the best mid lanes in Europe, so Super Hot Crew couldn't take advantage of that um, and get ahead early, like also, most teams do. This was just a great example of, like, showing that Super Hot Crew's mental game is just not that strong. I mean, they lose the first two matches and then win the third one, and you look at the you look at the players' faces and they all look like they're done, even though they have like they still have a chance to win and they look like they've already given up. They're young, they'll be okay eventually. Oh yeah, they'll figure it out, but it didn't help them last week. And of course, we have SK and Millennium. At the beginning of the split, you predicted Millennium would queue for worlds, and I said the same for SK. Kerp really let you down, huh? Uh, no, because Kerp won me 25 RP in our fantasy league thanks to you dropping him. <laughs> uh, and that's the only thing I have to gloat about this week. Uh, the Millennium Hype Train, I'm not... I don't know. Um, I, think they're, I still think they're a strong team. And just because you're not top three in your region doesn't mean... You're not top four in your region. Um, <laughs> exactly sure. I, yeah, I still think they're the fourth strongest team in Europe. The seedings didn't help them out here. Um, and yeah, I think that SK got it together and they figured it out. They slumped pretty hard. I wrote them off too early. Uh, I rode the money, the SK hype train down, hype in the wrong direction, under hype. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, and that was overreaction on my part. Yeah. And it's just another case of like the teams that look good in best of ones versus the teams that look good in best of threes or best of fives. I, th I just, 
if you look at the picks and bands, the picks and bands were like, like the bands were almost exactly the same for all three games, just because SK had Millennium figured out, and Millennium just, they lose game one, they're like, I don't know, I guess we ban Maokai instead of Nidalee, and like, it just doesn't, like, they don't do anything differently. I'll, I'll admit that each game looked a little <laughs> bit closer than the previous one, but, I don't know. It was also strange that, uh, I mean, I know why, obviously, SK had the better seeding, but it was just interesting that, like, SK just got to play their first three matches on blue side and then, like, never had to perform on red. What do you think about that? I think Millennium thought that they had something figured out in pick and ban, so they obviously didn't. That's the only reason I can... I feel like you take red side when you have a pick ban strategy for red side, and when they I watched... They pick red side, they were left with it. No, on the second time. The second game. Oh, Okay. Yeah, and I, but watching the pick ban phase for second game, I couldn't figure out why Millennium elected to take red side. Or SK had a good counter for it, um, but it, they didn't shock me with anything. I think more than anything, they really just fell into the trap of, like, oh man, we made this one mistake, and if we hadn't made that mistake, we would have won. The comps were fine. And so they just go in and try again with the same comp, and lo and behold, it didn't work. I broke my own rule. SK showed that they know how to play in the playoffs, and I didn't pick them, and that's my mistake. That's what I've been defending Fnatic on all year. Alright, so now we're going to move on to the weekly Reddit riot about Riot. Uh, this week, people are up in arms about the fact that the gr world's group stage draw is not going to be held live. Conspiracy theorists are already coming out of the woodwork talking about how Riot's going to fix the group and get better matchup for Western teams. What are your feelings on this, Joey? Alright, uh, I understand that there are a ton of logistical issues with filming the drawings live. And that's fine, because... I don't care about it being filmed live, but I do want some kind of third-party authentication. It doesn't have to be a journalist or Travis, or it doesn't like it doesn't have to be anyone specific. I just want a third party there to confirm that they are in fact random. And it's not because I think Riot would lie to us. I trust Riot. It's just because variance happens. I mean, like you've played Hearthstone, you've been there, and you've had like you've needed one card to draw out like three turns in a row, and then you don't draw out and you die, and you're like, wow, variance sucks. But it's also sometimes convenient, and so if it turns out that the groups end up being quote convenient for Western teams, then I don't want there to be this looming cloud of people saying like, oh, well, you know, Riot planned it that way the whole time, and that's what my greatest concern is. But I think that cloud can be there anyway. Like, someone did the math on Reddit, and there's a 20% chance, I think that's what it came out to, that all of the Chinese and Korean teams end up in the same group, and you get a region that's free of that, which is obviously going to have some NA and EU teams in it. Mm -hmm. um, that's not a very small chance. And if you look at the NBA lottery um, as something that was done live, and the Cleveland Clavenier... Cleveland Cavaliers had a 1% chance to get the first overall pick, and it would have been their second pick in a row, and they got it, and there were still conspiracy theorists. So I think that if that group does exist, and there's a 20 is significantly higher probability than 1.7, sure. people are going to complain and say, oh, like no matter what 30 third-party auditors there, um, those conspiracy theorists are going to find something to complain about. Sure, and I'm not like we live in a world where there will always be someone who complains about something. So I'm not saying that we should remove, I'm not saying we should, we're going to be able to remove all conspiracy theorists from the situation. Cause that's obviously ridiculous. But what I am saying is I just want to remove as much doubt as possible. And having a third party auditor there seems like a way to do it. It also seems weird to me that they're concerned about people throwing for a better seating in the group stages, but then they've already announced the layout of the round of eight 
and where so they say it's not okay for teams to throw so that they can get a better group, but it is okay for teams to throw to get a better quarterfinal positioning. I just don't understand that logic. Well, once you get to the round of eight, you have to beat the best teams that are in the round of eight. The group stages, there's significantly less talent in the group stages than there's going to be in the round of eight. So getting an easier group is such a bigger advantage than getting a better quarterfinal matchup because that might give you a shitty semifinal matchup. And even if you dodge a team in the quarters and semis and they're the best team, you'll meet them in the finals anyway. So there isn't as big of incentive. Also, anyone that watches professional sports knew what the round of eight was going to look like. Like, that's not a surprise to anyone that, you know, you can't, like, the ones match up against the twos and you can't face your one. Right, right. It's very structured structured in that way. Yeah. So I think what would have been worse is if Riot didn't announce the round of eight and then all of a sudden, like, the two um, Samsung teams end up on the same side of the bracket, even though their group shouldn't have allowed that to happen. Like you have, you know, one of them finishes second in a group and all of a sudden they're on the same side of the bracket. Like that's, well, right, I think if they had gone away from the, the round of eight format that they did, that would have looked more suspicious and said, oh no, they rigged it because they want to get this team to the finals better because this isn't a typical round of eight. Right, Whereas but, the format they have now is the typical round of eight. But the current format doesn't prevent both Samsung teams from meeting in the quarterfinals by any right. stretch of the imagination. Like they, mm-hmm. the two have nothing to do with each other. I'm just saying that if mm-hmm. random drawings are so important for you going into the group stage, it seems weird to me that the random drawings are then suddenly not good enough for you in the quarterfinals. So I guess more what I was looking like if Samsung, white and blue are in A and B, and then all of a sudden A and B are on the same side of the bracket for both games, like... 1A plays 2B, and then the winner of that plays the winner of 1B, 2A. That's not a typical round of eight, but if that's what they went with, then you, people are going to start yelling, oh, they fixed it. Whereas the way they have now, like whether they announce that now or they announce it at the end of the groups, like that's pretty much what should have been expected. And like I said, most people should have seen that one coming. I mean, this is obviously the most logical layout if you're going to determine it ahead of time. I'm just wondering like, exactly how much better is this than a random drawing? Because there's also the element of a random, a random drawing, which drastically reduces the chances of a team being in a position where they can throw for a better seed. I think it's fair because I don't think you should be able to lose to the same team twice before the finals. So if you go three, one in your group and you lost to a team and then you have to face that same team in the semis, you could theoretically be the third place team in the world, having only lost to one team at worlds. And I don't think that's fair. Right, but the tournament is just to determine who is the best team in the world anyway, so what does it matter where the second best team ends up? Prize money. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> okay, if, that's, if okay third, that's fair, yeah. If they have a third place match, or even if they don't, third and fourth is going to get less than second. Um, but also because there's an element of chance. Like You have to assume that you're in a position during your third match to be able to throw, Like which means you will already need to have secured your way through to the next round, like assured that you're going to get it, you're going to have to know who your opponent would be if you go either way. And then the other match in your group is going to have to go a specific way because it's such a short, you know, time period. It's very like a lot of pieces would have to fall into place for you to figure out like the team in group D, the last group to play, they might need to win that to get through or they might, you know, it's going to be a very weird situation, like very rare situation that they could lose and go through, like certainly go through. Um, Rather than, like, a Chinese team sees the entire bracket minus where the Chinese teams get slotted, and then they can selectively choose 
I'm going to finish third so I can get this group where a European team or wildcard teams that only have one slot don't have that option. Like to me, that's a significantly bigger problem than, you know, the last game in the group stages might be able to throw for a better seed. But that's very that'd be very rare. All right. Very unlikely. All right. I understand that. All right. So now it's on to our game and we're going to play. We're going to call it pick a card. Um because we have one of two options. We're going to go down the list and predict the victor of each match. Um, we're going to each score a point for the correct position, pr- correct prediction, and the winner is going to be confirmed next week um, when we preview the NA playoffs. And hopefully I'll have better... Uh, I'll do better in those quarterfinals than I did in European quarterfinals. So the first match is going to be the fifth-place match played tomorrow morning, and the loser is going to be kicked into relegations. Uh, so who's going to win, Millennium or Super Hot Crew? I'm going to take Super Hot Crew just because I think both these teams have... To me, both these teams have very similar styles. They both have a very laner-focused, a very... Um, a very just a very solo queue-ish strategy. But the thing is, I think Super Hot Crew is going to have better morale. I mean, sure, their mental game wasn't good when they were against Rock Hat, but they'll have had a week to collect themselves, and I do think that coming into the playoffs, I mean, as evidenced by their be- by their superior seed, they were doing better. Whereas Millennium, just they looked lost during Super Week, and then against SK, they just got worked. So it's hard for me to imagine Millennium bouncing back better than Super Hot Crew. Alright, I'm going to try and ride the hype train for one more week, and I'll tell you why. Uh, it's... It is an issue of momentum. So Millennium came in and they played against the higher seed. Now, granted, they could have been the higher seed if they played better in Super Week, but they weren't the favorites in the XK match. Super Hot Crew, that's three over a six. There were supposed to be two teams in between Rocket and Super Hot Crew, and Super Hot Crew still couldn't pick it up. I think that Millennium knows what they want to do better than Super Hot Crew. While Super Hot Crew, even after two that's splits true, in the LCS, is still trying to figure it out. So I think Millennium's going to go in knowing what they have to do to win, and it's all a matter of execution. SK executed better than Millennium. Super Hot Crew, I don't know if they're going to mentally like you know pick band phase or rotation wise. Like, what do we as in, like what is our strength? And what, how can we put those strengths together to get a win? I don't know if Super Hot Crew has that figured out yet, or if they're just like snowball lane win game. Um, also, Millennium, so I think, is going to be thing better is, strategic. The other thing is, we talked about earlier in the season about how Selfie and Rollins were both like putting up huge numbers. And CS we, we observed... Yeah, right. Huge CS numbers. Thank you. And we observed that it's connect. It's probably connected to the fact that they play such long games. Millennium's the sort of Millennium isn't uh, one of the best teams in the world at punishing, but we've seen Kerp just go off enough times that playing a long game and dragging it out and just kind of like hoping that that you survive long enough doesn't really seem like a winning strategy against a team that has players like Cotton X that has players like Kerp even. Uh, uh, what's his face? Their top laner, whose name I cannot remember for the Kevin. life of me. Kevin, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> like just all of their it's laner- my brother's name. All of their laners, I think, are strong enough that playing a long game and trying to survive really just like isn't going to get you very far, especially not in three out of five games. Also, it's a fifth place match in the Western like League of Legends scene. It's probably going to be the game of who throws less. Let's be honest. Oh yes, it's going uh, to it's going to go to five games, and every game is going to be at least seventy minutes. It's going to be <laughs> quite a train wreck. Right. I don't think I'm predicting that. I should get a point if that doesn't happen. I need all the points I can get <laughs> no, at this no, point. No, no, no. No, no, no. That's not <laughs> um, how this game works. But uh, yeah, I think that 
super hot crew is more likely to go on tilt, like you said about their faces in the Rocket game, and more likely to throw than Millennium. And I think Millennium would be better at picking up on a throw it'll than be super a, hot crew. It'll be a close one either way. It'll be fun to watch. Maybe not. It'll probably be ugly. <laughs> All right. Next, we're going to go on to the easiest prediction of the playoffs. Uh, I would have said that again. Never mind. <laughs> uh, nothing seems to be easy for me, and I might be giving someone the kiss of death here. But Rock Hat and Fnatic. All right. I mean, I don't have a ton to say about this. I think Fnatic's a much better team. They've historically performed better in playoffs. Stop I... making my argument for me. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I just I think Fnatic's going to win. Yeah, no. This is... I don't think this is a question. I think that Fnatic is superior to Rock Hat in every single position, um, and like I said, Peke set the world record in like fastest to 300 CS against Overpow. I, he doesn't need to do that to beat Rocket. But at, I mean, during that game, Peke forgot about playing League of Legends, and him and Yellowstar just started farming enemy wraith camps, farming every minion mid, <laughs> every every jungle camp, and then they still won the game. Like like when you can do that to a team, like you can turn it on try hard. And no, Fnatic. Fnatic's going to Worlds. That's the easiest ticket punch um, in the West right now. All right. Well, here, I'll put this to you then. Do you think it will be 3-0, 3-1, or 3-2 for Fnatic? 3... I'm going to take 3-0. You know what? I just did all of that. I'm going to go out and say 3-0, Fnatic. All right. I was going to say 3-1 just because I think Rock Hat is cohesive enough that they can have a strategy that... uh beats Fnatic once, but then I realized that I actually didn't think that that was likely at all. I'm going to have to agree with you yet again. Yeah. Alright, moving down to the other semifinal. Um, this is a match that I know you're really looking forward to. Alliance and SK. I'm going to pick Alliance. Boy, I think that this is this is the this is going... I was going to say this is going to be the most interesting match, but we don't know that yet. I think that there may yet be one that's more interesting. I'm really looking forward to it. SK last week showed us that they're a team, they're a very cerebral, I mean, we knew this the whole time, but they proved again why everyone talks about how they're such a cerebral team. They just worked Millennium every game during the draft and then executed a solid strat. No bells and whistles, but it got the job done. And I'm really interested to see that against Alliance because I do think that they're the best team in Europe. They haven't been playing perfect League of Legends lately, but that's fine. Uh, I think Alliance is going to win, but I'm watching Shook and just praying he doesn't choke. Yeah, so SK actually won the Super Week matchup between these two teams, so that's a pretty recent result. And yeah, Alliance had their seed locked up and they didn't have really much to worry about in that game, but I think this is going to be probably the closest match of them all because I expect super hot crew to go on tilt. You didn't ask me, but I think that one's going to be a three, one for millennium. I know you disagree. I, I um, think it's, yeah, I think it's going to go to five for super hot crew, but I think that, I think that this game could there, this match could very easily go to five games. And the thing they say in like basketball and hockey is that if you have a game seven or in, in a best of five, a game five, you take the best player, uh, the superstar that you expect to show up. And Froggen is potentially the best player the West has ever produced. I, I know that's your language now. Um, it is. So in a game five, if I have to put my faith in one player, I'm putting it in Froggen to carry his team. Um, so I'm going to take Alliance for that reason, but I'm in no way confident about that. I'm super confident. Yeah, it's just uh, the concern is does can Alliance's nerves handle it? Because we saw them just like choke two matches in a row last split. 
it was bad. It, yep, that's true. All right, so if we're both right, um, then the third place match is, which is going to determine the final slot at Worlds, is going to be between Rocket and SK. So you still ride in the SK train? I am. I think these two teams are a little similar. Uh, this is. I thought it was funny that both of the quarterfinals, I looked at them as similar because they had one team that had like some strongish laners and a solo queue mentality against another team that relies on cohesion and the ability to communicate and execute a strategy better than the opponent. And I think Rockat and SK are the two teams that are just about team cohesion. I do think that SK does it better, though. I think SK's players individually are stronger. Uh, yeah, N-Rated and Svenskarin are, I think, both still better than the two, quote, stars of Rocket. And I also mm-hmm. think that SK's draft is just consistently stronger. SK is just going to beat Rocket at, at their own game. Yeah, I think this is going to be SK as well. I think they're stronger individual players, and I think they're playing better than... Even though Rocket has played better over the last couple of weeks, I don't even know if you... Like, that's, SK not is, that's not true even. No, right? SK has played the best in Europe over Super Week and last week. Yeah. Not right. like... They're, they're what, 7-0 and in the last... Yeah. In those two weeks? <laughs> um, they're 6-1. and one. They're 6-1. and one. Okay. They, Don't forget, they lost to Gambit during Super Week. That is true. I did don't, forget don't that. Don't forget that. <laughs> oh my god, the Russians. Um, damn. Right. So, I'm taking Rocket then. Screw that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but what I did say a couple of weeks ago is that or when we were talking about the world's qualification process and how I thought it was kind of dumb, and I didn't believe at the time it was going to happen, but now they're three, you know, they're playing two best of fives and they got to win three games to get into worlds is that rocket could go to worlds to represent Europe. And I think that's a joke because I don't think you could find someone that would argue that rocket has been a top three team in Europe this year and that they're the best to represent Europe at worlds. They'll get smashed. Like they would drop teams to, they would drop games to Mineski. I think at this point, um, yeah, especially because one of Rockhead's strengths, I think, is that they they aren't like one of the world's great innovating teams. But I think in Europe, they are one of the better innovating teams. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, Worlds is also going to be played on This doesn't really have anything to do with the match this week. But if they were to go to Worlds, Worlds will be played on 414, which just went live today, in fact. And so by then, it's going to be kind of a solved patch. Right. And so I think their greatest edge is just like totally eliminated yo speaking of which do you think riot buffed faker zed just for worlds like screw that oh um, my, i don't know i don't know i just want to see faker play it, zed. it was really funny to on a on a tangent of course it was really funny to read the patch notes and read nerf 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 zed buff and then like also exhaust got uh got changed uh not necessarily yeah. buffed but changed so theoretically assassins are stronger yeah. i don't know i'm i am in fact afraid of zed <laughs> All right. Um, Reddit, quick, find a Zed bug. Get him disabled like Rengar. <laughs> Yo, Failed we, at that test. So we get see. him disabled better than Rengar. All right, we're sending SK over Rockats. Yeah, Rengar's a cat that will be at Worlds, but Rockats are not cats that will be at Worlds. Well put. All right, so moving on to the finals. We've been saying this all year. Two best teams in Europe, so time to put your money where your mouth is. Who you got, Alliance Fanatic? I predicted at the beginning of the split that Alliance would be the that alliance would win that alliance was the best team in europe um and i'm going to stick with that i think 
if you just if you just look at each of the positions and just match them up, I think the top laners are pretty close. Um, I think Froggen's better, but Xpeke is still incredibly capable. I think Alliance's bot lane is just a pair of workhorses that always do their job, and so they're less flashy than Reckles and Yellow Star, but still strong enough. Um, I think the X Factor is in the jungle, and because on one side you have Cyanide, who's just this this veteran player who has tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of LAN experience, but isn't really that skilled, I would say, comparatively. And then you have Shook, who's incredibly skilled, but also the greenest person of all these 10 players. And so I think I think Alliance is going to figure it out. I think they're I think they're more skilled. I think they're incredibly cohesive, but I'm st- again incredibly afraid that Shook is just going to choke incredibly hard. So I think you're being unfair to Cyanide because you have to look at him as in what his team asks him to do. Cyanide has always been a very supportive jungler. Even back in the beginning sure. of Season 4 when it was Lizard Elder Brutalizer junglers that were more carry. I, mean, like I, I didn't realize and, Aatrox was a support, as, but go ahead. No, nah, I don't want to say... Like, I'm not saying support. I'm saying he gives no, up no, farm no, to Peke. I, I understand he what gives you're up saying. Farm to Soaz. Right, he's a supportive jungler. He's, he's a low economy jungler, and the team doesn't ask him to carry. The team asks him to go into lanes, get small advantages from his laners that his incredibly skilled laners can carry. And I think you you called them flashy, but come on. this If he's not currently, he will be next year. The best player in the West over the last two splits consistently has been reckless. I mean, the guy tied the record for kills while also setting the record for deaths. That's insane positioning, knowing exactly how much damage you can deal. When you say setting the record for deaths, fight. you mean the least deaths. The least deaths, right. right. Yeah, That's sure. not a guy that just sat in the back and, like, Cop just didn't die because he wasn't killing anything when Cop had a ridiculous KDA in Season 3. Like, Reckless is in the middle of fights. He's getting out. He's dodging. He's a very skilled laner. And I think he's... Okay, I, it's hard well, to call okay. him the best the the best player in a series that includes Fryan, but no, that's, this is exactly what I was going to ask. If he's Using if he's body. not yet, if he's not yet, because I'm talking Fryan in the history like he he's been a top mid he has been arguably the top mid laner in Europe for two years and you or for three years going all the way back to CLG EU season two finishing third at Worlds. So you can't say you it's that's like comparing. LeBron James to Michael Jordan. Reckless might someday be better than Froggen. Or, like, his legacy might be better than okay. Froggen, but right now it's not. Well, right, uh, and that's Because he's just not but, there yet. But, but, but the question is, like, in, like for this series, it doesn't matter whatsoever, like, what team Froggen was on in Season 2 and where mm-hmm. it plays. So, just straight up, like, do you think this week, which player is more likely to be the better player? So, if I had to pick, like, if I was, if we were drafting these guys, like, we were drafting yes, champions, right now. I had first pick, yeah. I would take Reckless. Wow, because I number one, I think eighty carries are incredibly strong in the meta right now. Um, a lot of comps center around getting the eighty carry fed, protecting the eighty carry. You're seeing like Kogmas and Tristan is like hyper carries coming back. And I don't think you know why I think Froggen has the ability to carry a game in a playmaker. I think the meta favors Reckless doing it. So I want a stronger eighty carry over a stronger mid laner in this meta. All right, but and so then for the final word, then you mm-hmm. are picking Fnatic. Yes. Okay. But also the other, like, just real quick, like, you have to look at the counterparts. Like, if I had a choice between Froggen and, like, Froggen and Tabs versus Xpeke and Reckless, 
that one to me is a no brainer that I'm taking ex peque and reckless, you know, so you gotta, so what you're, what you're saying is the other two are close, but you think ex peque is a much better mid laner than tabs as an AD carry. Exactly. And I had tabs on my fantasy team. I got respect for the guy, but you know, All right. sex peque is where it's at. <laughs> but yes, for the record, I'm taking fanatic. We can move on because in, that's in, okay. In how many games? Four or five. I, well, it's you got to pick one. <laughs> I'll say five then. I okay. I think because a game four can be fickle. Um, back against you know teams got it back against the wall. They mess up early. Look at Cloud Nine at Worlds. They throw at level one. Um, twice in one series. It was beautiful, but that's not the point. <laughs> um, um yeah. but yeah, I'm taking one for the the pinky. Um, the what? All right, so the saying in rings is when you're going for your fifth championship ring is one for the thumb. So I guess if that's the way you're doing it, you have one on your ring finger, then one on your middle finger, then I would probably put the third one on my pointer finger, and then the fourth one on my pinky, and then my last one on the thumb. So Fnatic's going for four split titles, so it's one for the pinky. That's a tangent that we didn't need to go on. Let's move on. No joke. <laughs> All right, I think if... the just to put a cap on this, I think that if this game happens, which seems incredibly likely, it will be the best series in the playoffs. Oh, yes. Oh, awesome. Yes. All right. We're almost finished for the night. But first, don't forget to check out our Twitter at The Rapid Recall. Or if you have any suggestions, shoot us an email at therapidrecall at gmail.com. Our final segment is called Ultra Rapid Fire Mode. Here, we do a quick recap of the things that interested us from the week, but we didn't have a chance to cover in the main show. One minute left. Take it away, DK. This week, Reddit was hard at work raising, investigating, and discussing some very important issues. But the one that stands out among the rest is that the NALCS concession stands has really bad choros. Uh, what in the world are we going to do? We're going to do exactly what Cloud9 does. Complain about Riot's food and then go get Chipotle or Korean barbecue. Just like a real pro. This week, it was announced that ESL will be holding a Dota 2 event in Madison Square Garden. You want to go? Only if they have a beginner stream it live, because I tried to watch some of the Dota stream that was on today on Twitch, and I got really, really confused. It doesn't seem anything like League to me. Alright, on Summon of Insight, your boy Thorn claimed that there has never been, isn't currently, and will never be another League of Legends player more dominant than Faker. Do you agree? What made Faker impressive was the massive gulf in skill between him and the next best guy. But there are less trails to blaze now every day, and so I'm inclined to agree. League of Legends isn't the only esport being played at Gamescom. Is there anything else you're looking forward to watching? Yeah, I was really looking forward to watching the StarCraft 2 stream because I've been following that since Brood Wars, but it was only in German today, so I'm hoping they get an English stream in the near future. Alright, most important question of the night. I have a first date tomorrow night. But I logged onto my Battle.net before we recorded this show, and I found out that I've been invited to the Heroes of the Storm Alpha. I'm going to bed soon, so I'm debating about canceling the date with her so that I can play. There's other girls out there, right? Hold on. Last week you spent half an hour convincing me the game was garbage, and now you're riding the hype train? Make up your mind already. And we're just a few days away from the finals of OGN Champion Summer. Blue is obviously a favorite. Do you think the KT arrows stand a chance? There's two definites in League of Legends. One is that Curse will finish fourth, and two, that Kakao will finish runner-up at OGN Summer. So, sorry, Arrows, you gotta kick him before you want to be any good. That's a joke. Alright, and that's all we have for this week. Enjoy the Rift.